Hola, everyone, and welcome to Sidora Podcast Scene Partners. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Uh, yeah, we just welcomed people to Yes Dora yes. podcasts. I'm sorry. This is Scene Partners Podcast. It is the podcast where we speak Spanish the entire time. Nope, we don't. We don't. That's, but I figured I would, you know, offer a little help. I do appreciate it. I appreciate it in all the ways possible. How are you, my friends? I am so good. And we're in the. The throngs, the thralls. It is definitely not throngs. <laughs> <laughs> throngs sounds, no, it's not throngs. It's the thralls. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. In the thralls with you, I guess. That's right. Yeah, we're thronging together. Of rehearsals and life. Two dudes and thronging it out. There we go. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, we are in the midst of everything. And, you know, just like anything else, figuring out how to fit you know, every little bitty thing in there, which I feel like is the topic of every podcast that we've done over a little bit. I've been like, how are we going to find balance? And it's impossible. I don't think that, I think it's one of those like never ending story pursuits. Yeah. It's just like, we are going to be searching for this for all time. And uh, hopefully it works. Maybe it's just, maybe it's not about actually finding balance it's about the journey yes <laughs> you know it's the old phrase the road to success is paved with good intentions yeah it's kind of like at least we're looking for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah we're in little women and it's i've just kind of also forgotten what it's like to like direct all day long yeah and that's kind of where my mind has been has been like all right so i'm doing children's theater in the day and then i switch gears and it's like okay yeah now i'm directing adults okay yeah it was a real <laughs> privilege to see you use childlike tactics on adults oh it's just <laughs> i and i feel terrible i feel so terrible about it like being the director that gets up and walks people to where they need to be instead of just giving them the opportunity to be All like right, this is your stage your direction spot. yeah <laughs> like tapping the spot where they need to stand with my foot yeah <laughs> like, and you cross the stage and you end here and then whistle at them when it's mm, time for mm -hmm, them to move mm -hmm. Yeah, horrible, horrible things. Um, not saying that you should do that with children, but, you know, sometimes you just got to do it. If it works, yeah, who cares? Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, but it is difficult. I've just found that, like, through time, my personal directing style, I think, has changed. Yeah. Of used to, I could sit down and only jump up every once in a while, and now it's like, I don't even know why. I don't even need a chair. Like, I don't need a spot. I just am going to hold my script in my hand and then run back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Like from seeing it and then being next to the people who are doing it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just don't even leave the stage. I'm just standing there like, oh, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> this is called Little Women, the one woman show. Yeah. I'm also up here with you, but I'm not saying anything. <laughs> just watching it. It's so close. But I do like is I get so frustrated with myself in rehearsals now whenever I am doing stuff from the script and then I set my script down on the table that's next to my chair and I walk over to people and then walk back and look at my script to tell them the next thing and then walk back without my script. Yeah. And I do that like 20 times. I'm like, I've walked three miles 
and have wasted so much time. And <laughs> like, none of why us. Why don't I just take it? None of us have your script to or know <laughs> what you planned for yeah. the rehearsal. So, so it's just kind of. I'm sure it is very interesting to watch. Uh, to watch the the marathon. Mm-hmm. At least it's what it feels like. Um, and also, I've just. It's so interesting, you know, g- doing something that is so fulfilling and yet is also um, draining at the same time. Yeah. You know, like the two shows that we're doing right now, I'm so in love with. Like, I love both of these shows. And that doesn't happen all of the time. And I, like, loved the shows before we started them. And then with the cast that we had, I, like, love them or have. I love them now even more. And yet I'm still kind of exhausted by them. <laughs> like, whew, it's going to be okay. Yeah. But it's just the the like weird dichotomy of that of being like all right so th- this is like so fulfilling and i'm feeling great and like i'm just like this this uh need that i had it's like good like for my soul and yet i'm also like wanting to take a nap <laughs> yeah and i just think maybe that's just what it's like to be in your mid 30s now maybe it's just who i am but it is strange because uh, a, a castmate and i were talking last night um about how we work all day and it's so tiring. And then Mm -hmm. we just want to go home, have a drink, take a nap, whatever. And then we get to the rehearsal hall and it's immediately, I have this burst of energy that I didn't have before. It's my second wind. And then when I finally get home, get a shower and everything at the end of the day, I'm done. Dead. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely dead. (laughs) From nine 30 to six. But it, (laughs) it is cool though, being able to walk into the rehearsal room and we are so like fortunate. We are so, we're not so like fortunate. I just hang around teenagers too much. (laughs) (laughs) We are so fortunate to be able to use the, um, the rehearsal, this beautiful rehearsal room at um, our local university who is letting us like rehearse out of their space, which is just so awesome. I mean, it's just, it is honestly like doing things where they're, they're kind of meant to be done sometimes is just so nice. Yeah. It changes your whole perspective. Well, it's kind of feels like, you know, since we started all of this, we haven't really had, you know, we we were, we've always been very fortunate with people giving to us and letting us use spaces and those kinds of things. And it's always felt like, you know, I, I it's, it's like you're always in someone else's space mm-hmm. and you know, that's fine. It's just, it's, and we were very fortunate to be able to rehearse uh, our friend Jeremy really hooked us up for, you know, every other show that we've done to be able to rehearse out at, at, at his spot. And then, um, you know, whenever you and I are just doing something, it ends up <laughs> wherever we can go, <laughs> wherever we can go. You wherever know, Lexi kicked us out of, we rehearsed <laughs> that show, that one show, that entire, the entirety of the first show that we ever did, we rehearsed in our living room. And then the very next time, which is just kind of wild to think about. And then the next time that we did, you know, we actually got to use uh, our local theater space, which was great. And that was amazing. And that felt more like our space. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we weren't performing it there. And there's just something about being able to do it in the rehearsal room. And I, I don't know if it's just like my history at this particular college, but it just feels more like, oh, this is where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Like this feels, or maybe it's just my own muscle memory of being like, oh, I'm used to this. This is kind of what I'm used to doing. So it feels like I can almost create more, if that makes any sense. 
You know, it is kind of surprising that we have as many theater companies as we do here in a small town mm-hmm. and the two, you know, really massive spaces that, that we are able to use to perform shows, the black box and, and, you know, Coughlin Saunders for the proscenium stuff. It's, it's crazy that there is not an actual dedicated rehearsal space. Well, at the black box, uh, you know, the, the black box in our community is tied to the Rapids foundation building, um, which is kind of a cool history. They built this, you know, basically this, this hub for nonprofits, in an old department store and grocery store. And like the theater itself is actually on the main floor of the department store. That's why it's called the crest yeah. is because it was a crest department store. And it's also why it has the, you know, would be beautiful anywhere else, uh, terrazzo floor, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not necessarily what you want in a black box, yeah. but you know, um, and they do have dedicated rehearsal rooms upstairs. But if you're a nonprofit, it's it's nice. I mean, I think it's like twenty five dollars a week or something yeah. to rent those spaces. If you're for profit, it's like gonna it would cost us I did the math, uh I for whenever we were doing Mockingbird and for us to be able to rehearse the entirety of our show there it would be like six grand. Jeez. I mean you're you're <laughs> way beyond into yeah. the red at that point. I'm like, I'm not going to make six grand on this. Not in this town. <laughs> like, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to, and that's before I even pay for the theater. Yeah. And I get it that they're the, the actual, like it's understandable in some ways because of, you know, the, the mission statement and the reason for the Rapids Foundation is to support nonprofits. So of course they're going to do what they can to support those things. But it seems like, um, I mean, I don't really even think our local community theater uses their space. I was about to to make that comment because I've I've worked with them on a couple of shows, and we for sure do not utilize that space. Yeah, and I I I don't know why they don't want to pay for it, and that's know? fair, I guess. But then in both of the shows that I have been able to perform in, it it's always been a scramble to find a place and sometimes it moves locations yeah. depending on day of the week or wherever we're at. Well, you know, in town, when I first started theater, that is where we rehearsed was in the Rapids foundation building. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, and that was, but it was also kind of a newer space at that point. I think the local theater, uh, ch- the local children's theater at the time just moved into an office there and they were just kind of like figuring out, how this space was going to be used. And um, I guess throughout time, it's just kind of morphed a little bit. Um, but it is kind of strange because they do have big rehearsal spaces up there. I mean, and it's so nice. I mean, these rooms are huge, but it seems kind of like it's really just used for um, very small prayer groups. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> which is interesting and not necessarily for any sort of, art yeah um so it's like oh we'll just go the the religious side of nonprofit. that's kind of what ends up happening which i mean i guess we're in the south so who knows but it it is very interesting i mean coughlin saunders is a little bit more understandable that they wouldn't have a rehearsal space attached to it well yes i but, mean you know but there's you not a have, dedicated space like the arts council yeah has this dedicated space for artists to right. sort of like rehearse their their spaces or even to have like um you know our acting blocks so mm-hmm. we can like 
sort of map out what our stage is going to halfway look like and, yeah. and things like that, where we have that at this other space, which is mm -hmm. so nice. It's so awesome. And we're, I mean, we're so lucky to be able to, and fortunate to be able to work there. You know, the, the head of their, um, their language arts department now, um, is or i guess is, is i don't know i don't think it's english arts and humanities anymore i think they might have changed up their name and i can't totally remember what the department necessarily is I called. Have been out of college for too long <laughs> yeah i know it's <laughs> kind of what i'm thinking i'm like i don't really know um anyway uh her name is liz beard and she is such an amazing supporter of the arts mm -hmm. in our community and i know that she serves on a lot of art on a lot of uh like the museum board and i think she might also be on the the board at the art gallery downtown and she does a lot to support and it, she's been phenomenal about, you know, wanting us to be there. And I think that she kind of thinks about things almost the way that, that we probably do, which is, you know, I would much rather a space be used for what it's supposed to be used for and for people to see what is available than to have nothing at all. Yeah. And, you know, why not throw support if you can? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just kind of like if somebody has a show that they really want to do and we have a space for them to do it in. If there's nothing else going on there, there's no reason why I wouldn't want to try to work with them to make sure that that could happen. Yeah. You know, that because as somebody who has, you know, a theater, it would be beneficial to just have people used to going mm -hmm. and expanding the crowd that shows up and thinks about going to that space. So, I mean, I, I, and, very thankful that we have this space well already been able to some of our cast members have shown up and said i didn't realize that there was a theater here yeah which, which is, is so great. wild yeah that we can expose people that hey there's this other theater here that mm -hmm. also performs things you know on an academic level yeah and it's so cool because well okay so the thing is is that they can probably and i'm sure that they do when they rehearse there because we did when we were in college use the actual space that was dedicated for us to yeah. rehearse. Very rarely did we use like a rehearsal room or a rehearsal mm. space. And we always had the stage to sort of, which is what so it's going to look like. Because it was totally opposite for, for like my college experience. Like mm -hmm. we never ever got to use the theater until the set was built. But you, you had other shows happening yeah. on top of that. that. That's true. That is true. There was a whole lot of productions going on mm -hmm. kind of all at once. And so, it was scheduled differently. So we use rehearsal spaces and I, maybe that's why it feels better for me to be in a rehearsal space. I'm like, I'm used to this. <laughs> like, well, this I love it cool. too. I can like tape out the floor yes. and I can like see where everything goes and it makes sense. And it's also interesting. And maybe this is why it also is kind of a trip for other people. I'm like, Hey, this is where this is. This is where this is. And this is where this is. And I usually just think it's like, people don't really see it because they can't like, they didn't come up with it. It was from my own brain. So it makes sense to me. And then translating that to other people is difficult. Mm -hmm. So I try really hard to give visuals or do anything that I can to give people the feeling of what it is. Yeah. That the environment that we're building, like putting up the picture of the set drawing and, or set rendering. And then the like taping out with spike tape on the floor, what everything is going to be. And still people are like, I don't understand. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Yeah. We don't have that, you know, Disney advantage. Like we're like with the, the new Obi-Wan show or the Star Wars shows, they all utilize that big round mm -hmm. space where they can build these digital in, digital environments yeah. for the actors to say that, oh, this is the world is that we're like. walking in. Yeah. I mean, that would be 
amazing. But that would you be know, so amazing. it's that's the beauty of I think like it's so cool to me to watch a when we're doing a show, watch it sort of take this like amorphous form. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to solidify as people start to rest and get the idea and get the picture. And then once we hit the stage and everyone sees like the thing that's on paper or, or, or yeah. that's drawn, it's so cool to watch them immediately then transform and make the show yeah. concrete. The like aha moment. Yeah. I mean, it is the, it is like a cool moment and it's also kind of like, oh, I wish that we could have done this so much earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that you could have, so, you know, it almost feels like a disservice to, put in so much work and then you know basically be in a spot where you would love to be able to pay to use the theater for two weeks or whatever your space for however long so that your actors could have enough time to acclimate to it but it's just not affordable in any sort of way to be able to do that or feasible you know Um, especially not for us as a company but I mean, it is, it is just, it's, it's very exciting and I'm so thankful to be able to use the space. And then also just to, you know, we had our first music rehearsal, um, last Saturday and I feel like I have been like longing almost for, for that. Mm-hmm. Like I've, since we cast this, cause we did cast it very, you know, I would say an, at an appropriate time, but it seems that other people would say horrendously early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, the show already happened. Yeah. I know they're like, wait, y'all are still working on that. Like, no, we just started working on it. We just cast it a month and a half ago, <laughs> but it's being respectful of people's time. Like, Hey, this is this what's is, happening down yeah. the pipeline. Please like set your schedule aside. If you want to be a part if of you this. want to be a part of it. I mean, it just, I think, growing up i've realized um that scheduling is incredibly important i need a schedule and always it's important for people to to know like okay if i really want to do this and it's this far in advance then i can make it work by being able to have time to work my schedule around Mm -hmm. but you know springing something on somebody and being like hey and and we're gonna have we're gonna have auditions in a week and then we start rehearsals in a week I'm like, what? no, you cannot do that. Yeah. Like you, you just, you're cheating yourself out of possibly getting some really awesome people. So anyways, I've just been really waiting and, and like kind of pining for this moment of being able to hear everybody sing these songs because, you know, when you audition people, you hear them all sing separately for the most part. And we didn't do any special callback where we called in the specific group of girls to hear them sing together and i mean because we didn't need to so i hadn't been able to it actually really was hear. an embarrassment of riches it was <laughs> and i hadn't been able to hear them all sing together and on saturday we got to sit there and listen to you know um to all of our performers and i'm focusing specifically on the women obviously but you know to hear charlotte and Devin and Alyssa and sarah catherine and Lizzie all sing this music together was phenomenal. I mean, their voices all together were like, I mean, it, it was amazing. I mean, because they're all so like, they have a similar, like they're, they're all sopranos, which is kind of cool, except for Charlotte, who's an alto. And even though they're all sopranos, their voices are so unique. Yes. And you can make out each one distinctly, which is, I think, the advantage that we have in this Mm -hmm. performance that we're going to put on. 
and it's just it, they just they all have their like moment to shine in it mm-hmm. which is fantastic and it's so exciting i mean i i really don't think that our community and i'm not saying this because we are doing the show or like i'm directing it or anything i'm just saying that like this is just such an amazing moment where we had all of these people who were available to do a show together and every single one of them is a legit singer and we're all so excited about being able to perform this show yeah and being able to do it with like one of the best musical directors that i've ever worked with and then also to have charlotte who's like so good with working through music with well, she, people like willingly like saturday stepped up to the plate and yeah, she just, was like i just want to do this yeah i'm gonna is, do it but um, that's also you know to double back on your talking about planning this in a, a way ahead of time mm-hmm. and taking advantage of people's like time and planning and all that stuff and, and schedules it's so cool that we we've done that and then like when people showed up on saturday they were prepared yeah giving people the time to have the material on their own before they have to show up. I mean, there's, there's what we do for a living, um, or for like an expensive, passionate hobby. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy Um, because I also think of it as my actual job. Yeah. (laughs) Even though I don't get paid Mm -hmm. really well for this. Well, it's, it is because it is, it is, it is work. It is, it is work for a purpose but it uh, maybe that's why it feels you know so good to do it well it's the thing that we want to be doing and i think that's what everyone that we've cast wants to be doing too and that's so exciting i'm so excited to go every night i think because everyone is so excited to be working on this yeah everybody wants to be in the room Mm -hmm. and they you know are they weren't there was no arm twisting like when (laughs) their scenes are done for blocking everyone's staying and watching i don't know if you paid attention to that really and it's just such a privilege for me to sit back and Mm -hmm. sort of see that everyone wants to be a part of this well you know i think that we've gotten very lucky um and this this feels kind of like a a a big old podcast about patting ourselves on the back in a way but it this really doesn't i don't know if it has anything to do with us other than us just being you know passionate about what we're doing and people kind of want to be a part of that but it's it's also like we just have gotten super lucky with the people that we have had the opportunity to work with yeah and sure we work at getting those people but I think, it, I think it's a, before you say too much about like patting ourselves on the back. I do want to say that I think it's okay that we can express our gratitude for the people. Yeah, it is a lot of our lives. It is definitely all gratitude. I just, you know, don't want it to, to seem like I maybe struggle. you're patting yourself on the well, back. I'm struggling with walking <laughs> that edge of being like, is everything that I'm saying sounding arrogant? Like that's, <laughs> I just don't want it to sound arrogant because I'm like, this is going to be the best show in the world. Yeah. Um, but it, the reason why I'm saying all that is just that we've had so many amazing people come through to work with us and that shines through in our shows. And when we're rehearsing these shows, because I think that everything that we have done is meaningful yeah. in some sort of way. I mean, I, I like but see, that's the, the most- difference is that I think we treat every show that we do like it is the best show that we're ever going to get to perform. Yeah. And that, that is true. And I think that every show that I do, I I think on some level, this is the best. Mm-hmm. This is the best one. I mean, I'm thinking that this 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 summer with our our children's theater show, I'm looking around. I'm like, this is the best one. 
Mm-hmm. And, but last year I said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were moments where I was like, this is the worst one. But there was also <laughs> like more moments where I was like, no, this is the best. It's a healthy fear. It is. Yeah. I, there's always the healthy fear. Like this ocean is beautiful and I don't want to swim that far out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but I do think that with this particular show, just kind of who all is involved, we are so lucky and I'm so excited for people to see it because I just know that it is going to be a like phenomenal viewing experience. Like just to be able to sit there and listen to these, these women sing this music is, is worth more than the price of admission that we're going to charge. Yeah. And I'm just so stoked about it. I and just I will know that it's going to be great. 1000% of every time I have seen a performance of this show, little women, I have never seen it done in this way. Yeah. And that is what excites me. Not so much that to be involved, but to see the audience's reactions to, I never would have thought of that. Oh yeah. Like I would have not thought of these people being this way or, you know, them in the world that they're in. Yeah. Which, you know, the first time, when when I sat down to to uh, to like draw it out, I'm I'm so familiar with this show because I've seen it so often, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and so I guess I should say I'm familiar with other productions of the show so much that it kind of like You're familiar with similar productions of the th- show. There I you will go. say that, that's what that's I my say. experience. It's it's the other people doing the musical version of Little Women, mm-hmm. and I've seen it done so much, and so when I sat down to like think about how I wanted the arc of this show to go and the character's path and all those things and like, you know, journaling about it and writing stuff down and what it was going to look like and doing sketches. My first like couple of sketches were garbage. It was so horrible. I was like, why, why is this so lame? Like it just feels really, really lame. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I don't know why. And I just like, luckily had time for it to be lame for a little while. And, um, I eventually was like, you know, I just think that I am trying to make this into every other thing that I've ever seen. And it's not what I want. And it's not the way that I have it envisioned to direct, but it's what I'm like putting out there with what I've built now for the environment. Mm -hmm. Like I'm creating this environment where I'm that I'm not supporting with my vision for the musical direction or the blocking. And it's not molding together in some sort of way. Like I'm just building a living room set. It is, it is so strange because it's, it's the thing that you also tell people, I've heard you say this to actors before, don't watch someone else's performance. Mm -hmm. And especially in regards to the music to this, you've said that to a lot of people. So it's, you've seen something so many times that it starts to really form your thoughts about it. I think. Yeah. You're just stuck there. You're like, how else it can't be done any other way. Like that's what I kept thinking. I was staring at it. I was, I would like redraw or change things, but I was always doing the same thing. I was like, Oh, I need a second floor. I need stairs over here. I need a door. I need some windows. There's gotta be a couch. It's just a living room. We'll do wallpaper. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why? And I just would keep like reforming the way that was going to look in the space. And I was like, why do I keep doing this? Like, it's the same thing over and over again. Like, what else can I do? I just feel like, you know, when you're doing something that has been produced quite a bit or that your audience will be familiar with, you have to think of a way like, how else can I tell this story and make it interesting? Yeah. 
and make it something that they haven't seen before. Like, why would we need to do it? Like, mm-hmm. what, what is the purpose of, you know, like my brain and all these people coming together and forming some kind of world to tell the story that people are so familiar with? And it is got to be that we have to find a new way to tell it. Yeah. And I think that we have, and I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. I think it. that's the really, the the challenge of, ta- and, and, and I think that that's something that we've worked really hard to do because we've mostly only done great literary works. Yeah. And it's so crazy because even, even I mean, now. I uh, mean, uh, Greater Tuna is a great literary work. It really is. <laughs> Depending uh, on who you talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I think 2022 omitting some things is pending. But anyway, well, <laughs> all that to say, uh, 100%. though. 100%. It, it's, you know, and, and I'm mostly only thinking of this because I have, you know, Orient Express on the horizon. It's like, how can I tell this story in a different way that mm. isn't like, just so paint by the numbers and I don't want to do that. And I'm watching sort of the tools and devices that you're using and things that I can think about using too, in a way it's like, Oh, this is how we can lull them in to this. And and it's just seeing the things that you do and, and not just like, Oh, well let's make these things comedic so that when we, we get to these really emotional beats, we're invested in these characters in such a really profound mm-hmm. way. Well, you just kind of forget sometimes how funny life is, I think. Yes. And when people are like, oh, we're doing a drama or, you know, this is a, we're doing a play about a murder or, you know, even this is a comedy. It, it nothing is ever just one thing. Yes. And you can't, you can't paint it all the same color, you know, and it's, it, and it can't be gray. It can't be everything. So you've got to like pick and choose your moments. It's like making little women all about the death of one character is stupid. Yes. <laughs> and if you don't like that character before they die, then it's pointless. Yeah. And you have to show them what real life in a family would be like. And that's been my like, that has honestly been one of the, my like ha- happy places with working through the show is finding ways to make these sisters seem more like real siblings yeah even though they're in the 1800s but they would still be having the same problems that we have today and so one thing that i wasn't expecting like going through this has been kind of interesting is the like factions that immediately began oh yeah through blocking of being like oh these sisters are friends and these sisters are friends and they all love each other but they've definitely split off with their people yep (laughs) And it was something that I didn't necessarily mean to happen, but it just, it was like, of course this happened. And like in a family with three, I had, you know, I had two older sisters Mm -hmm. and that was constant. I mean, they were always fighting with each other, but they were always either best friends with me or not friends with me and the other one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you see, this is, you did exactly what I think that works so well in doing this show in that it is a memory play Mm -hmm. and that when you start to talk about these old memories and these things that probably at the time really upset you or hurt your feelings or did these like great emotional things to you as a child, you laugh about them now. Well, yeah. And so you're like making this comedic thing. It's like that person is really mean. We should really dislike them. Yeah. But we're also on their side because (laughs) Because it does kind of make sense. You disarm them a little bit. (laughs) And that's one of the great things. And I just, I did want to say that in watching you do this, it was like, Oh, I really want to take that into consideration Mm -hmm. 
when starting to block and how to like form these characters and their and their relationships to one another is so important and it's such the moments in between the lines i feel like the hardest thing as a director is your transitions and finding ways in the middle of the scenes that aren't obvious to make characters relationships clearer yes and because we've seen those shows like, where it's like i deliver a line and no one else moves or yeah. i move and then deliver a line and still there's no it's dead yeah there's almost. no reaction like you have to it's so basic but everybody says that acting is just reacting and i think people forget that when you're on stage if you're not the one speaking it doesn't mean that you're not in the show. Yes. <laughs> and the thing that I really learned about like Tuna and having like some of my family come and watch that aren't familiar with me doing shows and, mm-hmm. they, and they've really fallen in love with this art form is that they, they, they hear everything. Everything. They're paying attention to the actions too. Yeah. It's like, oh, they'll, they'll know the lines by the end. Like, I don't care that, you know, oh, whatever. We've been to Waco. This is like a, a, a dummy town way out in the middle. Well, it used to be mm-hmm. a dummy town when the show was written. But the funny thing is this other thing Before that's happening and, as we're and Joanne moved to wake up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's this other thing that's happening on top of that line that we're establishing that these two guys are all of these family members or yeah. all these people in this town. Well, it's the specificity and yes. the differences between all of them and how they interact with one another, even though you only ever see two people at one time. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the beauty of that. And you'd be like, Oh, I see how these kids in this family have this relationship because they're all so different even though it's the same dude playing every single role. Yes. But you put in your mind because they talk about the other people and you can still remember them. I mean, it's really brilliant. But, I mean, it's just... But it's those, that specificity that we bring to little women, too, yeah. with the with these factions and these relationships. And that's so exciting to me mm-hmm. to see that they're naturally falling into these things. And I'm like, I cannot wait for people to see the final product. And, we're, know, and I'm not even done blocking it. Yeah. And I'm like, this, I want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and... I'm, you know, we have also kind of in the beginning of the play, like act one is really like, it's, it's peanuts. It's fun. It's like, yeah. this is great. She's dead. That's a full reaction. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, but it's, 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 it's that the act two is, or act one is, is, pretty much the like establishment of their relationships and it's really a little bit more comedy almost and act two comes in with a little bit more of the like not everything's happy yeah so i just i'm I'm excited about seeing the performers that we have and how they are setting their relationships in the family right now and like how they all mold together in Mm -hmm. act one and how close they are and how much you just love them I mean, you love them. Yes. And I mean, I, I love each and every one of them as humans outside of the theaters, like outside of our show. Yeah. But seeing them in the show, I'm now in love with their characters also. I'm like, I just love these people. I want to be in this family. It's so fun. And then being able to know that down the pipeline, <laughs> as you said, it's like, it's, it's, it's about to happen. Like these people are about to shatter the hearts of the audience mm-hmm. because of this beautiful relationship that they formed and now moving forward, seeing kind of how that then changes. And I just love the story. I mean, I, I didn't know that I loved the story. I feel kind of like, you know, when I, I, I had spoken, um, about whenever I did, uh, when I directed Annie 
and how much I did not want to direct Annie. And <laughs> I remember. And then I started, and it was really just because it's like, oh, here's this golden age musical. Like, it's just, um, uh, whatever. Um, and then I started thinking about it. And I think that's also what kind of I went through with Little Women because I, I it was the same similar process of like, you know, how can I do this differently and in a way that that people haven't seen? And that for to me is exciting. Mm-hmm. And then through looking at it in a new lens almost without seeing it, you know, with Carol Burnett in it basically in my mind all the time with Annie, um, I then start to like look at what the story actually is. And I think that that's what is very easily forgotten sometimes whenever you look at putting a show on or, you know, you you have to think about the story. Like, why was this written in the first place? Not everything is shaped around the original production. That was one person's idea. I was about to say, most of this show was originally written as a vehicle for Sutton Foster. Yeah, it definitely was. And I mean, I mean, it's not that she didn't have already have her place as a Broadway star by the time this came out, but it definitely was like, look what she can do. And so there's a lot of, there's heart in it, but it's also a lot of, well, there's, they, there are corny parts hokey that, stuff. Yeah. Like where the music conflicts with what the words and the, the lyrics yeah, you're like, are saying. This just is very opposite. Like mm-hmm. the tempo of this is a little insane. <laughs> I mean, all these songs are written so crazy fast. I'm like, why did you do that? And it's because they wanted to fit in, I guess, as much as they possibly could mm-hmm. so they could make it to Sutton Foster's next solo. I mean, she's got like 18 songs. That character that she played has 18 songs in this show. Yeah, I was watching Joe, or Devin, rather, um, perform the first, I think, like 10 pages of the show, and I went, I am already tired. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no way she's going to need like a... I don't, I don't know, a, a drug habit by the time we're done. It's like she's, she's going to need something. She's going to have any more of them Red Bulls. She's bones. like, I need some more tea. Um, <laughs> but she she's definitely, I mean, it is going to be a tour de force for her. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited for her to be able to do it because she's going to kill it. I mean, she's going to do, she's already doing so good. Um, but it is incredibly difficult. And of course, we're doing things that actually are adding a little bit more onto it for her which i'm not going to talk about obviously because people got to come see it but it's i am i am excited for the direction that we've gone because i think i mean of course i think this but i think it's kind of fixed some of my own personal issues with the show and i think that it makes it more about what it's supposed to be because the story like why i went down this whole rabbit hole is what i fell in love with it wasn't like the music and it wasn't the show it mm-hmm. was the story of these of this of this family and i think it's that i can see some of my own similarities almost as as like oh i i don't like that i can see myself in the joe character as much as i do um like as a person in my yeah. own family and that i can see that side of the story but then when you start looking at each one of these sisters as well as the mother um and you really look at the tracks of each of them it i mean it really there is just something for everyone for Mm -hmm. every kind of human being out there there's something to identify with and i think that's why the story has stuck around for so long because there's really a way that 
no matter who you are, you're going to have somebody to identify with and that you're going to be like, oh, I get it. I totally understand that person. They're telling my story, mm-hmm. which that is to me the best kind of story that you can universally like I like identify with a group of people like that's crazy yeah hit sort of like almost every demographic in a weird way which is so pleasant and nice yeah because there's something about like you want to see you know it it, it talks about it in uh wonder works um Oh, when you see yourself in a character. Yeah, when you yeah, see and it's yourself not less, in a character. It's not necessarily always the lead character, or mm-hmm. it, it, maybe it's sometimes it's the the Ron Weasleys. And, yeah. and I know that, like, even, you know, speaking of Harry Potter, they, a lot of Ron young... Ron Weasley is who I identified with. <laughs> right? <laughs> I would agree with that. Um, but you were kind of hairy emotionally. Anyway, mm-hmm. no, anyway. I do not speak in um, all caps. But there were so many, I think, young girls that hadn't had... And I'm I, I'm not trying to talk down to literature as a whole, but I think that well, for you young girls, time period especially yes, young girls in that sense of where it was actually I'm not trying to be smart and that I'm better than someone else. Mm-hmm. It's that I am smart and I am helping this person, so yeah. they could see themselves in Hermione Granger. Mm-hmm. It's like being smart isn't this hindrance or this thing that's like holding me back in life. It's putting right. me a step ahead. And I, it's so great to see that, you know, universally we could see that intelligence was to be respected. Right. And, and, and finding that sort of like voice in each character, I think mm-hmm. within the show, there's several characters that I, I'm like, Oh, I, that'd be me. Oh, mm-hmm. that'd be Cody. Or that'd be me again. <laughs> Cause really no matter what, it's always me or you. <laughs> well, yes. Oh, I told so you fun. Lexi married us. <laughs> and it is also like you know being able to see you know our our boy hudson who's coming into this show and he is kind of new into the theater world and he's just i know whatever but he's super good but being able to watch that and this is when i feel old personally because i watch him and i'm like oh my god like i i remember being look when Devin said that he was closer to her son's age than her. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I felt that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, I remember, I remember being Hudson yeah. and being like so excited to finally, um, and I'm totally just assuming that this is where he's at, but just so excited that you finally find your people and you're like, oh my God, these little weird quirky things that I do are so accepted and celebrated yeah. in this area. And then, you know, just just seeing him be immediately celebrated by everybody in the room and like watching him just kind of light up and have a great time is so awesome. I mean, that to me is a huge gift that that we receive, not even necessarily thinking about him, but it also just puts me in this weird place, which I know that I'm kind of already there because of you know, the, the baby that's coming and everything. And so I'm thinking about my life a lot, which I was not anticipating because you start thinking like, all right, so, you know, these were the choices that I made. These were my experiences growing up. What kind of parent do I need to be? Like, am I okay with my kid making the same decisions that I made? I mean, I should be (laughs) like, I should be okay with my kid going and doing these things because I went and did these things. You know what I can't wait for? There's going to come a day when you're going to sit me down and we're going to be sitting there talking and you're just going to change the subject immediately go, you know, I sat down the other day and I said this 
and I sound just like my dad. <laughs> I'm already there. It's, I mean, it's already happened. They're like weird dad things. It's, it's gonna, already like, like you're going to text your daughter one day and it's like, well, whatever texting, I guess exists like at that point in mm-hmm. life. Um, I'll just blink a message to her. Yeah. Just gonna be like, Hey, this is Cody. Just wanted to like <laughs> <laughs> greetings and salutations. Young one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is your farthwar. Here, yeah, obviously, dad joke. This then is my farthwar, yeah, doc. Here's the thing I really wanted to talk about. <laughs> By the way, could you send this to me? <laughs> yeah. What's uh, my Hulu password? <laughs> What's your Hulu password? <laughs> yeah. That's what I'll be asking. Um, uh, yeah, but it's just, it, and it's thinking about also, like, I'm, I'm so happy almost that that we're doing the two shows that I'm working on right now, like thinking about it today. Like I came home for a minute before I started on the other journeys that I had on my plate and I sat down uh, to eat some lunch and I was just thinking about how cool it is that before we have our child um, in September, that we will, that the two shows that I will have done are all about women. They're, they're about like, you know, we're having a girl and bringing a girl up and what that's going to be and like their experience. And they're very different shows. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Matilda is obviously about a young girl in a horrible home um, where she's not celebrated. And one kind of, one thing that I've found interesting about it is that there's a girl like Matilda is really a show about a child being born into the family um, where she's completely different than all of the rest of her people and they want nothing but to change her mm. and make her like them instead of celebrating her difference. And I look at that and I think, my God, I just really hope that no matter, you know, what, what kind of a child we have that I am able to like take a step back and celebrate their difference from me and just be like, build, like build that up instead of tear that down. Yeah. And so, because you don't want your kid to be just like you, you want them to be independent. And at least that's the way I would think that you would want them to, yes, you want to, to find their own autonomy and, and their own voice. And yeah, of like course. That. And, and like celebrate that aspect of them. And instead of them thinking, Oh, I need to fit myself into this mold that doesn't feel natural. You know, I mean, of course you have to have boundaries, like healthy boundaries. Yeah. Um, but, giving them areas that they can be whoever it is that they need to be Mm -hmm. as a young child. And then so that hopefully when they get older, they can stand up for themselves because I just think, you know, raising a woman is going to be, you know, there, there's just different challenges there. Yeah. And I know that our experiences that you and I don't relate to, that I know, don't know. I mean, I, I have, you know, we both only have sisters. Um, Yeah. Older sisters, older sisters. And, you know, some of that you can like kind of see growing up through them. But even then, it it doesn't really matter. It's it's distance and it's unrelatable because it's it's like, I don't have this same emotional like attachment to these things. And you, you just can't experience everything. It's just, and you know, I would actually contest you a little bit. I would say that most of everything that we have done has been more female led yeah. Um, you know, like well earlier this year we did Tuck Everlasting and then last year our big hit was uh uh to kill a mockingbird. And then it's like watching the world through a lot of these female characters' eyes mm-hmm. and seeing like 
I mean, and in Tuna, most of the characters are women, so. <laughs> most of your characters are women, yes, that's true. But all that to say is. So it's basically, just, I get it. Yeah. I played a woman on nope. stage. Nah. I totally know what it's nope. like. I'm not, I'm not endorsing that <laughs> statement at all. But yes, it's 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 so interesting because I hadn't actually thought about it like that, but we really only ever have done female driven shows. Yeah. And it's so awesome to see that a lot of it is about never lose that sense of wonder. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever. And and I'm so excited to bring I say like I'm also a parent to this baby well, girl. We're extremely lucky because we have such a close knit family, you know, and um we're very, very fortunate to be able to have a child with such great friends and family and, you know, the blurred lines in between all mm-hmm. of that, yeah. which is why I say family. But it is, we are very lucky to have the family that we have that we can bring a child into this world and, uh, you know, raise her with all of these people because it's not you just... You don't have to worry about the external influences yeah. as much. And well, and it's it's like we have these people that we trust so much to to like build this child up and to give them the tools that they need to succeed that aren't just coming from us. Yeah. And that's huge. And then also to have like creative, fun influences around all the time that they feel the the um, ability to explore and to have fun and to be able to go to the theater. I mean, these are like things that I would have loved. I mean, luckily growing up, like my dad and his family were all so ridiculous and they basically had their own theater, but it was, you know, who could be the funniest in the room. (laughs) Well, that's like, yeah, that's like how I grew up with most of my uncles in Mm -hmm. that it was all about what can I do for a reaction? Yeah. You, you just like, it was, it was constant. It was like, and it was also, there was a lot of music in our house, Mm -hmm. which was something that I really loved. And I really hate that I can't play music. And I love that you can. So (laughs) at least we have somebody (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, to be fair, though, in my defense, it did skip like my branch of the family tree mm. in that I am like the first one that oh, took a, an interest a in music in turn. Yeah. Well, we ha- we also have, you know, my, my brother-in-law, her, who's going to be her uncle, Zach, is a musician. And so it's that's also really mm-hmm. awesome. But just being able to have those musical influences and, you know, just opening those opportunities out there into the world. I'm just, I'm very excited to see where that goes. But I also know that you know, not everybody wants to be an artist in some sort of way. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, oh, our kid's going to be an artist. That's what they're going to be. I'm not, you know, like the dude that owns the grocery store that's saying their kid's going to take over the grocery store. Mm. This isn't death of a salesman. It's, but it's different it's, because she's going to grow up with this appreciation for art. Yeah, I just want to basically create a well-rounded human being. Yeah. And they can explore whatever interest they want if they want to do sports like that's cool i'm gonna hate it in some sort of way but that's their business that's what they want to do what's the coldest sport to play yeah. uh, uh soccer maybe yeah they play it more Just in like winter time. sometime that i because really that's what it's about it's about me sitting outside and embarrassing everyone for being like i'm sorry that i have what's the perfect climated like sport hockey. that you can play that is the only thing that i could sit and maybe not you know, end up in a puddle of sweat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you get hockey, maybe like water polo. I don't even know. Is yeah. that a mainly indoor sport? Um, it's ma- mainly a Californian sport. Oh, well maybe. Yeah. Oh, well, we can't do that. No, 
Um, but anyway, I just I they can be whatever they want to be, but just the support of that. And I think that's one thing that I really love about watching little women and thinking about us having this girl is observing the the mother in the show. And I think that's why now whenever I, I watch it and I was talking to the woman who's playing it, Charlotte, the other day about this because I first read through this show and was like, ugh, Marmy, just whatever, mm-hmm. skip it. It's just the the mom character, I'm done. And I'm now looking at it almost through a different lens where I like listen to the things that she says so much more and understand her like character arc so much more than I ever could have in my life. And I just think it's so cool. The One of the coolest things that I got to see or that I was able to see, I shouldn't say got bad writing, but um, <clears throat> one of the things that I was able to see is that the other day you had, you had spoken to her, she was reading this letter and you had kind of mentioned like, look at the things that are not being said. Yeah. And it was this aha moment. Yeah, because it happens. She reads the letter and like has to figure out a way to make all of the kids I mean I do really like it is a heartbreaking moment in the show I think where you where anybody who has you know kids or has raised someone or is in this particular position um you know where they're accountable for other human beings (laughs) um in any sort of aspect when they watch this it's going to resonate with them because they see the you know the matriarch of this family essentially sit down and read this letter for an absent member of the family yeah that holds more influence than the one that is present and throughout it none of it is about her or to her and it's only about their kids and kind of small talky things and it's heartbreaking and then she has to read that and it ends with you know everybody kind of on this downer note and um and it's you know where we learn why it's called little women because the dad always called all of his kids his little women and uh, uh, (laughs) um but you know in the book it's a little bit more eloquent yes (laughs) the way that it's put out there and not as not as you know uh hokey but she you know ends it with saying the saying the line and then everybody's kind of down and she has to immediately shut down all of those emotions that she feels towards this person who she's supposed to be co-parenting with basically and figure out a way to build everybody else up Mm -hmm. and wait until she can have those emotions at an appropriate time. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that I do now as an adult, that as a younger person, I've been like, I feel these emotions now (laughs) immediately. (laughs) And just in that place where like you see this, standing on a table, yelling, everyone's looking at you, (laughs) waving my hands violently. Um, But it's, it's the, it's this woman who's, trying so hard to make sure that her kids because that's the most important thing are happy and well Mm -hmm. and all of those things and when they leave then she can feel those things privately about this relationship that she has with her husband and it it is just so heartbreaking to me yeah (laughs) it's just like really all of her songs just the strength of the mom in this show is phenomenal 
and yeah. what she is able to do. And in the in the novel, it is that way too. And I think that's one thing that the musical did get across. They really drive home the strength of the mother. And the that show. song is so so beautiful, so heartbreaking, so well. And Charlotte wistful. is like perfect. Yes. for this. Show. Mm. I'm like watching. I was watching her do it, and she's like, oh, "I'm gonna do this a little bit differently," and like saying those things under her breath as she's singing through some of the stuff. And I'm like, my heart is breaking as I'm watching it, and she's just barely trying. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so amazing. It, it, again, you know, I said this probably several months ago. Like when when does that tower fall? Like when, yeah. when does the, the Jenga pieces like fall apart? The house of cards fall when, when we don't get lucky enough. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I know that this is really more of an episode. Well, I guess at the moment, gratitude. I don't really <laughs> care because it's not now. I'm going to keep rolling that <laughs> dice, baby. It hasn't happened yet. It is not coming now. up aces. There you go. Um, but you know, it, and, and I guess to really like put a cap on this, cause we're really sort of hitting our time here. Um, is that, it's a privilege that we could even carve out the time mm-hmm. in our very busy schedules. Like it's summertime. My business is like crazy. Oh yeah. You're like bumping. Yeah. And, and to even have the time to carve out, to even have a conversation for an hour once a yeah, week is, this is getting difficult more and more, I guess, taxing on our personal lives too. Well, it's just like, you know, making sure that, and this is that balance thing that we'll be struggling with forever. Just making sure that the things that, are really important in real life yeah still exist but it's great because had the world not have stopped yeah for we a would year, not have had this at all we wouldn't have this at all i yeah. wouldn't know how to you know sort of work around how to like do mics and how to edit things and mm-hmm. how to do sound design that we can now like incorporate into our show so it's such a a great privilege to have learned the skill that we can now add to our yeah repertoire of things that we can do well and i think that whenever you venture down something i think that you have to be okay with it changing and i know that well, eventually, much like you said you have to be okay with it sucking because like the, our first you do. several episodes ooh. it's gonna it's gonna suck in the beginning i mean i uh yeah so, oh, so many so many things but yes you do you do have to be okay with not being good at it in the beginning and that's hard that like is your very good friend Dak shepherd says give yourself permission to suck yes yes yep mm-hmm. um it's it's just <laughs> it is that is very true you do have to give yourself that permission and then be okay to move forward and yeah. now i think that it's been enough time that i could probably listen to our first episode and smile and be like <laughs> <laughs> you, you idiot so ridiculous <laughs> Did that dude say Chisholm Trail? (laughs) (laughs) It's a deep cut. Yep. Forgot all about that. But, you know, and this will change as well. And Lexi and I are talking all about how life is going to change. Yeah. Because we know that life is going to change because our, our priorities, I mean, my priority for, you know, the majority of my life has been theater. Yeah. And then whenever Lexi and I got together, that kind of shifted. And there was, okay, now I need, like, my priority, like, theater isn't first anymore. Yeah. And so it's been Lexi and I, and then it's been theater. And finding a way to make that balance work. And now it's... I'm going to go ahead and say that silently, you and I are first, then you and Lexi, (laughs) then this theater thing. I mean, we can't tell her that, though. I mean, mean, obviously, after this, 
baby, then me, <laughs> then Lexi. <laughs> well, it'll probably go like baby, Lexi, Chris, Cody. Yeah. That's in theater. That's what it'll go. Um, but it's, it's still like, you, you know, the baby comes and then kind of, I, I, I feel like all of our priorities kind of shift in a way like, all right. Mm-hmm. So now we like, I just, I cannot be the person that's not there. Yeah. And theater takes so much time. It takes a lot, a lot of time. And it's not even just the time that you're in the rehearsal room. It's the mental space as well. Mm-hmm. And it, and it is not something that I succeed in. And it's something that I've gotten a little bit better at through a lot of effort to be able to, you know, when Lexi and I go do something to be as present as I possibly can in the moment because you don't get those back. And I don't want to be the dad that's not there, you know, at all because yeah. they were at the rehearsal all the time. And like, oh, well, you know, did you see this? No, I missed it. I mean, I know that there are things you can't be there all the time. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You still have to have a life. But I think but- of the flip side of that, though, like in my mind and in my heart, I know that that she is going to grow up going to all of these rehearsals and be yeah, so like entrenched be in the art. Rat. And it, yeah. And I'm just so excited. We've already about got it. like a friend of ours is giving us a pack and play. It's going to the Fox, but it's, <laughs> it does yeah. mean that like, we know that we're not going to be able to produce as much theater in Alexandria because it's too far away. Yeah. And I know that I can't rehearse a show in Alexandria as much anymore. And you know, you just, I could probably get away with it at the Fox because it's, not too far down the road like, what, and two miles down the road and our child can come. Yeah. And that's very different and because it's not far away from where her daycare is going to be and all of those things like that kind of fits more in our world. So then our world has to shift a little bit. And so then, you know, the play on side of things, the way that I see it right now anyway, is that it kind of is like Alexandria. Like I might get to do one play on show in Alexandria a year. Mm-hmm. And then any other shows that happen in Alexandria will be up to you. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you want to do it? That's, that's, we'll make that happen. Uh, let's hope this one doesn't <laughs> fail. <laughs> so it's, it, it is kind of like, and it's also only if you want to do that, but it is being okay with things changing. Well, obviously, yeah. Like feeling like, all right, it's okay that this shift is happening because, I mean, in, in all seriousness, like, People say it all the time, but it, you know, a lot of the times people say things all the time because it's true, but it is like, we get this very special once in a lifetime opportunity to have this family Mm -hmm. and that comes first. And that is such a crazy weird thing for me to feel because so much of my life has only been performance driven. Well, I will again contest that a little bit in that. I have seen you over the last five years and even, and even like when you and Lexi were getting married, having that moment to just observe the, the changes that were happening like all the time in you and seeing, and I've had the privilege. I've not known you for 20 years, like a lot of your friends in this area have, but I've known you for the last like six or seven and watching your you dynamic know, change. You knew me in the scariest time. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew you from a distance, rather, I would say. Yeah, and then, yeah. like, once I got to know you, watching even your your shifts change now in, in the way that you have grown and, like, all of us being so excited for this baby. Yeah. I mean, like, you guys dropped this news and, you know, everybody was crying. 
Well, it's it's awesome, and it was a very big journey for us, and, mm-hmm. and it's it it was something that we really wanted and that we had waited quite a long time for, and it's just it was such an exciting thing, and it was one thing that I really like have to, you know, I I am such a a public person most of the time like i'm just very open about anything and everything that's going on yes there and are no like dear off god subjects for you yeah there's there's not a there's not many and i've gotten better about this but lexi was like look you we have got this one opportunity for this just to be ours yeah for however long and then after that it's it's not only ours i mean it's everybody else's but we have this opportunity where you and I just get to have this little secret for a yeah. while. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, like, I I know like, inside okay. it killed you but so you know, much. It did. It was for in the beginning because I wanted to tell everybody. And it was crazy because we found out and I was outside cleaning, getting things ready for all of our friends and family to come over to our house in like two hours yeah <laughs> and it was so difficult to be surrounded like to find out and then all the people you love are in surrounded. the room yeah be surrounded by everybody and then you're like i can't see Were, did you have as visceral a reaction as i did as when i scored that ps5 <laughs> let's say they were different <laughs> <laughs> i mean I cried a little bit more than you did. No, that's Just a fair. little bit more. But there is something about like you've tried for so long to have this thing and now you're having your you own know what I love? and it's no like matter what, growing. No matter what. When our when our kid is old enough, I'll be like, listen to what Uncle Chris compared you to. <laughs> <laughs> the joy of your birth this is could be whenever he kid. got his PS5. <laughs> <laughs> You know that feels like a good place to. I was about to say we're probably yeah, done. You know, just, let's just let's just stick a foot in it. That or whatever uh, it is. was Cody, and that is Christophanopoulos. Christophanopoulos.